We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the final week of the regular season for a lot of fantasy leagues, including the NFFC. Last fab week for the NFFC. So we'll talk with Tom Kessenick from the NFFC to talk about this week. We'll talk about ranting from week 13, especially from Monday night. He and I both had axes to grind as far as that goes. We'll do that on the Rotowire podcast coming up next. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by NoHouseAdvantage.com. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Tom Kasnick from the NFFC. Tom, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show, Jeff. Of course, of course. Uh, always fun to talk with you. Get to talk to you a lot on SiriusXM uh, and uh, we'll do so. I think I think it's Greg this week and you next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, hey, looking forward to uh, this. This week is a big week for everybody. It's the last week of the fantasy regular season for a lot of leagues and for all the NFFC leagues, except for the cut line, which is a whole different animal. But um, right. it it's huge to get this right, but it's so hard this week. Six teams yeah. on by and three teams with quarterback issues that we don't know who's going to be their quarterback. It's a big mess out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it much more difficult with six teams on by and trying to figure out fab you're right injuries impacting quarterback decisions it just gets it, it shouldn't be this tricky but it, it is and it's you know with so much writing on it you know you got playoff positions playoff seating it's just it's going to be tough but hey you know when you're in the nffc it's high stakes it shouldn't be easy so it's just going to make it doubly difficult to make these all important decisions with so much writing on it but Again, when you're playing in high stakes, nothing should be easy. So, you know, good luck to everybody with final, you know, two two fab periods tonight and Saturday. So good luck to everybody making these big, big decisions because, again, a lot's going to be riding on what happens beginning Thursday night with the Rams and Raiders all the way through the Monday night game. Yeah, so let's talk about that Rams-Raiders game. We don't know who the Rams quarterback is going to be. Yeah, I know, I know, we do. <laughs> Um, it could be make Baker Mayfield. It could be, yeah. Uh, it, it could be John Wolford with a bad neck. It could be Bryce Perkins. Um, I, I never want to use the Raiders defense in fantasy, but do you use the Raiders defense this week? I, I think, yeah. I mean, again, six teams on by, right? Yeah. So, and you're, you're looking for streaming defenses. 
the Raiders D is actually playing okay right now. They got a mm-hmm. bit of a pass rush going on right now, and the Rams have been a generous uh, team to stream against for defenses lately. So, yeah, I, I don't think you feel great about the Raiders as a streaming defense, but again, with six teams on by, I think they are going to be. And again, you know, Thursday night games are never ones you feel good about because if something goes wrong, you're sitting there staring at a bad number for, you know, what, three days or whatever it is until we get to Sunday. I'm terrible at math, but right. I, I think, yes, you know, you're kind of looking at the Raiders going, I'm okay with it this week. I don't feel great about it. Um, you know, I don't feel as good about them as I felt about the Browns last week, for example. Now, I wasn't expecting what happened with the Browns. I did like them a lot. I wasn't expecting that, but I did like them. But I do like the Raiders overall. Uh, on, a, on a 1 to 10 scale, I felt like the Browns were an 8 to 9 last week. I would say the Raiders are more a 6-ish to maybe 7 at most this week. Yeah, Kyle Allen was so bad. He, it was like performance art. I mean, it was yeah. just really awful. And then you got the special teams touchdown to boot on top of that. Right. Uh, was re- really nice. Yeah, unfortunately, Cowboys are rostered everywhere. You can't stream them. But yeah. uh, the Raiders are, I mean, they're out there just waiting to be plucked. And, and you know. Right. The well, they're, two- again, they're out They're out there because they're not good. That's why they're out there. So that's that's the downside. There's a reason why they're readily available, right? Yes. Yes, they're exactly. not a good defense. So yeah. that's the risk you take. And it's and the and, and it's a Thursday night game to boot. So it's a double kind of whammy there if it doesn't go right for you. You know, and again, we saw Cam Akers look good this past Sunday. So could Cam Akers get going against them? It's certainly possible, you know, and could something goofy happen where the Rams kind of show up a little bit. If Baker Mayfield does play, which I think is in the realm of possibility, you know, could he hit Van Jefferson for a bomb or something? And all of a sudden you got a football game, Yep. you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility that something happens here where the Raiders kind of soil the bet on you. I mean, I am all of a sudden I said six to seven. Now I'm saying five to six uh, as I'm sitting here talking, I'm just, yeah, yeah. But again, I do think with six teams on by, you're kind of looking at the Raiders going, they're probably the best streaming defense who's available out there. There's an argument advanced by our colleague, uh, Matthew Berry and uh, Rich uh, Rebar, uh, Lord Reeves, uh, arguing that defense and special teams is even more random than a kicker, or at least it's not really based off of skill. It's based off of opponent, the, the offense you're playing against. Let less yeah, but, the strength of the actual defense. Uh, what do you say to that? Well, I mean, we're going to get to a point where we're just going to be taking every position out of the game because what's more random defenses or tight ends. Look at mm-hmm. the top 12 tight ends in week 13. I mean, I with all due respect, I can't pronounce the name of the, t- the Titans tight end from last week. Right. Yeah, it's true. And Kate Otten was tight end one only because the saints literally refused to win that football game last week. Oh my God. I mean, we can talk about that in a second. I know you're baiting me here. You want me to talk about this game, but I'm hurting because of it too, Tom, just so you know, I'm hurting because of that game, but that's the only reason why Kate Otten was tight end one last week because the saints literally refused to win that football game. So that's how random tight ends are this year. If you don't have Travis Kelsey, right? Yep. I mean, you can't stream tight ends right now. 
Yep. You can't you can't stream them. I mean, Pat Fryermuth put up 10 points in the first half last Sunday for the Steelers. The Falcons cannot cover that position. And then the Steelers were, well, we're done. We don't need to use him anymore. And the game was closed the whole way. Why did they stop using Pat Fryermuth? I mean, I don't understand what teams are doing here. Right. You know, Fryermuth and Pickens both. Disaster. Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, yeah. everybody's talking about Pickens, and I get it. I understand it. I mean, they should have used him more. But the last time we saw Pat Fryermuth on the on the football field on Sunday, he was running 57 yards down the field with the ball in his hand. And Matt Canada was like, yeah, we're done. We don't need him anymore. What are you <laughs> doing here? Yeah, agreed. I mean, but again, Fryermuth's that, a top five tight end for me, too. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing. Like, yeah. He's he's one of my circle of trust guys. There are actually there there are three tight ends that I fully tr- truly trust: Kelsey, Andrews, and Hawkinson. And then after that, you know, Fryer was really yeah. good, but I don't trust the Steelers. Dalton Schultz. I mean, I think he's pretty darn good, but you never know. I mean, the, the Niners are stopped using George Kittle for crying out loud. Right. He gets two you targets a you game. Can't start George. K- you can't start George Kittle anymore. But That's I have how to. Bad tight ends are. Yeah. My primetime team knows this all too well. I, I mean, I, I can't not start him though. That's the, that's the really right. frustrating part. I got to start him. I mean, what else am I, what else am I going to go do? I mean, like maybe stream Hunter Henry if I'm in a situation. Like, do you actually start Hunter Henry this week against this, yes. uh, the sinkhole yes. that is Arizona over George Kittle? Yes. Yes. You do. Okay. I would. I would definitely. Against that defense? Against Arizona? Absolutely. Yeah, man, it's so hard mentally to do that, though. I guess this I know, is why. But yeah, yeah. I think yes against that defense. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, I, I haven't ranked it accordingly, but I, I see the logic behind it there. Um, Akonwo, I mean, he's a guy that's getting steam. Um, I, I I don't know if I can put him over Kittle either, but yeah. And the thing is, you want to avoid recency bias, but at the same time, I mean. You got the Niners with Brock Purdy at quarterback. He's just a dink and dunk quarterback. He's just going to check down to McCaffrey all day long. Uh, I think McCaffrey I and Debo. Yeah, and I think Ayuk gets hurt more than anybody in this offense because of this yep. change. I think he gets really crushed well, by that. I, Are I you? Think, I think. I think it's. I think the offense now is McCaffrey and Debo. Yeah. Okay. Say you got Justin Fields on by, or you had Lamar, or have Lamar. Are you picking up Huntley? or Are you picking up Purdy? Oh, Huntley. Yeah, me too. But I mean, uh, Hunley Hunley was really good up until that last game he started last year. He really fell off the last game. But Hunley is kind of Lamar light. He's he's going to run all the time. He's not as good a passer as Lamar. Mm-hmm. And their issues are they've got nobody to throw to other than Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean their wide receiver core is horrible. I mean, I know I know Robinson kind of showed up a little bit last week, but I mean, really, he's a four. Yeah. I mean, they're forcing him into a one role. I mean, the Bateman injury just destroyed. And they didn't – even with Bateman, they were terrible. Bateman's really good, but they got nobody else besides him. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, maybe Hollywood Brown forced his way out. But when they traded him, they just decimated their wide receiver core. Yeah. So, that story doesn't I mean, get covered as much as I think it should. I mean, because I think Baltimore no. is typically a very smart franchise, right? You know, they, they get yeah. a lot of credit. They do. I mean, they've had good teams. Harbaugh is a good coach. I get all this. I thought it was horrible malpractice to not get another receiver once they trade away Hollywood yeah. Brown. 
Um, I, I thought I said it on draft night. I, I, I thought of all the, the things that happened on draft night, I mean, obviously there's a lot of attention on Philadelphia and I love that trade, but I, I thought the Cardinals just stole Hollywood Brown away from the Ravens. And I didn't think anybody was talking about this. And now Brown getting hurt a lot is kind of, and the Cardinals having all their issues, you know, that that's kind of taken the, the, the bloom off the rose, if you will, but they stole him away from the Ravens. I mean, yeah, they I, didn't pay anything for him. And and, so. and even if they didn't, like, fine, okay, replace him with something. They didn't. Yeah. That's the thing no. that drives me crazy is, like, you know, you good teams surround their talent with other talent. I mean, you know, the, the Eagles did that. The Bengals have done that. You know, you build this yeah. offense, and you, you, you want to – you've got a, a good, you know, franchise quarterback, at least you – what people think is a franchise quarterback. They have a huge issue coming up this off season as far as what to do with Lamar. They haven't signed that. They haven't signed him to that long-term deal yet. They're well, going to be a and now he's hurt season. And now he's hurt again. So, yep. I mean, you could make the argument that they've played this right because once again, for the second straight year, he's hurt at the end of the year. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I'm not saying they have, but in their eyes, they're probably going to come right back to him and say, look, man, two years in a row when we needed you, where are you? you know? So, okay. But it's a harsh, it's a harsh business. That's a harsh thing to say. And I'm not saying I agree with it, but that could be there. Yeah, well, he got hurt because he had to carry the offense because they didn't get talent around him. That's his argument. And I would, yeah. that's the argument I would make. I I'm in, I'm in the, for, for the record, I'm in Lamar's. I'm in his his yeah. his argument. Yeah, and, but and I'm and, saying that's what they could say. Yeah, and then at the end of the day, it's just a wasted year. I mean, that's the thing is yeah. you only have a finite number of years, and this is the last year with him under a rookie contract. Now, whatever it takes right. to get him happy is going to be a lot more expensive. They're going to be able to afford even less around him. Uh, right. I think it's just it, it's a disaster in the making. Uh, we'll talk about more other uh, a few other quarterbacks in a second, but first, got to share a note from our title sponsor, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code NHAWIRE. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Jeff Erickson here with Tom Kastanek from the NFFC. It's a big week for free agent bidding. So we've established Huntley over Purdy. Uh, any other like quarterbacks out there that are interesting to me, you know, if you're trying to pick up for the stretch run or are you pretty much stuck with what you got at this point? Off the waiver wire, I think you're probably, you got what you got. I think Huntley's yeah. probably the only guy off the waiver wire at this point. I can't really think of anybody that you'd want to be investing in. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any league winners at this point. I mean, Huntley's probably the one guy you might want to dive into, assuming Lamar's out multiple weeks. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can't think it. I mean, I agree. I mean, maybe you want to go to Mac Jones if he's hanging out there with the. I mean, he's got a really nice matchup on Monday night. So, 
you know, sure. maybe. But after the last old. matchup, it's like it's hard to invest in him. I mean, it was so yeah. ugly. I mean, I get it. But, but yeah, you're right. Matchup Monday night. The matchup Monday night is really good. It is. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I think it's been a huge advantage to have a really good quarterback this year. Uh, usually yeah. I play the weight on the quarterbacks game. And yep. it hasn't borne too much fruit unless you like picked up Geno Smith, uh, Justin Fields in the weeks that he's healthy. Yep. Uh, they're, 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 you really, you know, if all the weight on guys like Aaron Rodgers or Tannehill or anybody in that range, is just diminishing returns. Derek Carr has been fine lately. Uh, but you went through a long stretch with some bad games out of him too. No, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, I've, I, I have, I have all of my leagues. There's no middle of the road teams. There's, I've got really down to two teams doing really well. And every other team, not. And the difference is uh, the two teams, one of them has Joe Burrow. And the other two, the other team has uh, Kyler and Tua. Mm -hmm. So, and I've been alternating them. So that's the difference. I'm yeah. getting, and Kyler's been okay. And Tua has been pretty good. But yeah. Burrow's been great. He so has. that's the difference. And I mean, I've got a smattering of, of decent running backs on those teams. But basically, I mean, like McCaffrey and, and Stevenson's been good, but basically it's been the quarterback play. That's yep. the difference. So, because I haven't hit on like the wide receivers I thought I was going to hit on. And, but it's been the quarterbacks. There's no question to me. I'm reevaluating my strat. I've always been a weight on quarterback guy no, with hardcore. That's been my approach because I've always felt like I could ID those guys in like round seven through nine find those guys because in the past I'd hit on Jalen Hurts or Lamar and hit those guys that would be, you know, the QB five to eight guys, you know, the guys you could draft as QB 12, but they'd ascend during the year. Heck with that. I'm going to start. And I'm not saying draft a guy in, in round two, but maybe round three, you know, the Josh Allen's of the world, you know, where he went this year. I'm going to start looking at that. I've never done that before, but I tell you what, next year and maybe it's and the other thing is hey the the cheat code is travis kelsey this year i've never done that i've never been a draft tight end early guy but if i'm at the end of round one next year travis go travis kelsey for crying out loud maybe 40 freaking years old someday but he does not get hurt right i mean he's, he's tony he missed, gonzalez reincarnate what? i mean i i know he missed what his rookie year but ever since then yeah. He's missed two games. One was due to COVID. He yeah. does not get hurt. He's super durable, and we know how great he is. So if he's sitting there at the end of round one next year, I'm not going to be afraid to pull the trigger on that because he's just – he is an elite wide receiver one. That's so right. So the two things I'm looking at, and I don't think it's overreacting to the results of this year because with Kelsey, it's been year in and year out. And I do think the trend here is, because we're seeing the trend in the NFL, the trend is these top quarterbacks are changing the game. So I think we have to look at that from a fantasy perspective and go, we may have to go, hey, let's go get these guys rather than waiting on the position. Because I don't think the mediocre quarterbacks that we think are so great for depth are the keys anymore because those 20 to 22-ish, three you know, point per game guys, they're not. They're not moving the needle anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th I think you're right. Um, 
my bet, like my primetime team has, has, uh, has Jalen hurts. That's been great. Uh, I've been yeah. loving that experience there. Uh, oh, if I could just redo the fourth round, I'd have such a good team, but uh, I still yeah. have a good team, but it could be so, so much better. Uh, let's look at running backs. Uh, it, it's this week is kind of tricky. A lot of guys on by, we have a, a team with an entire team where we don't know who the running back's going to be in Seattle this week. John Coleman asked about that. Uh, what do you make in advance of the Seattle running back situation? Kenneth Walker got hurt with a jammed ankle. Got to love the Pete yeah. uh, Carroll injury uh, in- injury discussions every year, uh, every week, I should say. You know, DJ Dallas played, got hurt, and then came back when Tony Jones got hit in the head with a helmet to helmet. Travis Homer missed the game. I mean, they're down. They're like spinal tap drummers. They just kept losing their running backs. They signed uh, Wayne Gallman to their practice squad. He might be active this week. Are you picking up any of these Seattle running backs? No, I, I, I think that's just a position to avoid at this point. I mean, I, I, I can't – I mean, I guess if you get super desperate, but, I mean, how many points are we looking at there? I mean, if it becomes a cluster, if it becomes a pure committee, are you getting anything more than five or six points and you're hoping somebody gets a touchdown? But who? Who's going to be the goal line guy there? I think it's going to be a passing, you know, they're going to focus on the passing game, right? They're going to focus on what Geno can get with, with Metcalf and Lockett throwing the ball there. I mean, you know, I, it could be DJ Dallas, I guess if he's, if he's the guy you want to go after, yeah, maybe he's the guy who gets, you know, 10, 10 or so carries and, and gets him maybe seven or eight points. And, but then you're hoping for a touchdown just to hit double digits. I just, to me, it's RB three value at best. And I'm, you know, I know there again, there's six teams on by, I get it. And everybody's going to be s- scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but I just feel like it's dart throwing time. And I'm not, I'm not yeah. there unless I'm super desperate in that backfield. I do have an online championship team that is super desperate, but then, uh, then I guess if you're asking me to pick somebody, it's Dallas. Yeah. I've been, it was epic failure of management on my part, but uh, I do like the matchup. I do like matching up against Carolina. That you know, Mixon yeah. had his massive game against them. I don't think anybody expects that. But I also love running, get running backs against Seattle right now. I mean, Cam Akers even looked yeah. good last week. I mean, that's yep. that 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 takes some doing. That's not quite Chargers bad in, in terms against the run, but it's pretty close. Uh, if you look at like the last month, Seattle has been awful against the run. Uh, so I think that I think Deonta Foreman's like a huge score this week if you have him. Yeah, I wish I wish he wasn't as banged up as he is, but I do think he, he's looking pretty good. I just wish he was a little healthier. Yeah, I might even take a flyer on Chuba Hubbard if he's available. I know in the NFFC he's not available, but uh, that, that that's one thing. Do you think Kenneth Walker is hitting the rookie wall at all? I feel like he has. Possibly, but I mean, the good news was he he was still scoring touchdowns, I and mean, that yeah. was good news. So he was still getting the value there. But yeah, I mean, I think he was hitting it. Damian Damian Pierce clearly was, although that whole offense was just you know falling apart. But I think for sure. he clearly was. He was definitely hitting the rookie wall for sure. Those two guys were. So you know, I, it happens. I mean, but again, with Pierce in particular, he was their whole offense. So it's not surprising that it was just at some point it was going to fall apart for him because I mean they just had nothing else there for sure. Uh, GR Reed says, what do you think about James Cook as a backup to ETN, Barkley, and Foreman? Uh, or would getting a handcuff be better? And I think that's an interesting question because obviously oh, – I'd rather have – go ahead. I mean, I'd rather have Cook. I mean, to me, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big handcuff guy because I, I look at that and go, well, I mean, I guess Hasty's okay there. 
I mean, Breed has been all right, but I'd rather, to me, who's the more talented running back? James Cook. He's more talented than Hasty, Breida, or Hubbard. So and he's me, going and to a better offense. Yes. And yeah, plus he's emerging. I mean, he got 20 yep. touches last week, even with Singletary there. Mm-hmm. So That's give right. me the more talented running back rather than the guy who's secure, who may not even get into your – James Cook could get into your lineup right now. I mean, the other guys, you need an injury. Otherwise, they're just taking up a roster spot. You could start James Cook this week as yep. an RB2 or an RB3. I mean, so the other guys are not starting unless there's an injury. So to me, it's James Cook. I agree. I agree. I love, I I picked up Cook in some leagues, then I got disappointed uh, in his usage. Then they traded for Hines, then didn't use Hines at all. And every time they do use Hines, it's a disaster too. They were using Hines a couple weeks ago. I think it was the Thanksgiving game in goal line situations. I was like, why? Or no, in in, in the Thursday night game, they did that too, where he gave him some runs. Like, that's not how you use Naeem Hines. What are you doing? I I, I feel like, yeah, no, I'm watching their their usage of him, and it's like, it's like, we just traded for this guy. We have to use him. Yeah. That's how, that, that is what I feel like when I'm watching their usage of him. It's like, oh yeah, we traded for this guy. We should probably use him. Right. I mean, it's the most pointless trade of the 2022 season was Naheem Hines to Buffalo because they have no idea what they're doing with the guy, but they, every once in a while they're it's like, they look at the up and down their sidelines are like, Oh yeah, we still got this guy. We traded for him. We should probably use him. Even though every other running back we have on the, our roster is better than him. And right. I like Naheem Hines, but Singletary's better. Cook is definitely better. It's like, I don't know what they're doing with the guy. Well, this is the same franchise that tried to sign J.D. McKissick in the offseason, too. They just have, like, this Who is better, to get that who's pass also better back. than Naheem Hines. Yes, yes. Um, but And also better helped. than Zach Moss. So, I guess that was part of it, too, yeah. I guess. But I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, – yeah, I think it's good. It, it's a little vexing there, but I do I agree. I go with Cook in that situation, too. Uh, I got a general question for you. So, last week of the of free agents, last week of Fab in the NFFC, how does what's the best use of that remaining fab? Like, are you would you like try to look ahead and try to lock up a bunch of de- couple of defenses to try to stream? Because you know, obviously, we're not going to be able to address our rosters uh, after this. If you're in the playoffs in the NFFC, uh, what's the best way to kind of prepare for those playoffs using this last fab period? I mean, I, th- I think there's a couple of things you look at. Certainly, I think you, you do want to. Uh, I I'd say target some backup running backs, a stash. Um, you know, that's something Chad Schroeder likes to do. He will go down the, the depth chart. I mean, he'll target third string running backs and add those to his roster, you know, just on his case. own team, like on his own teams. I mean, the, he'll, the backups he'll, he'll look to his depth starters. Charts. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know, you know, right. week 15 injuries could just blast away somebody's teams and all of a sudden the third string guy ascends and he's your starter in week 15. And the other thing is, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt to carry multiple defenses because look at, look at matchups in week 16. You're good. You could have two defenses right now, but they could have bad matchups in week 16. And there could be a defense in the waiver wire. That's got a great matchup in week 16, but they're, they're like the Raiders. They're a terrible defense, but all of a sudden they got a prime matchup in week 16 Nobody wants them. You could get them for a buck right now. Hey, yeah, something like that. Play the long game. 
if you know you're going to be a playoff team, you might not be able to do it now because you're scrambling to get in. But if you got a playoff spot locked up now, play the long game. Look at those things you can get for a dollar, a cheap bid. That's what I'd say if you've got a playoff spot locked up now. Look at the long game. The players you can pick up, defenses, team kickers, cheap pickups you can get for a dollar now, like those week 15, 16, 17, uh, one dollar bids that could really pay off down the road. We were talking about Hunter Henry, for example. You know, you're starting them this week, but maybe other guys that maybe you can start in the chant in the playoff weeks, you can pick them up for a buck now with great matchups down the road. All right, very good. Uh, good advice as far as uh, that goes. And uh, and it's always it's a unique contest because in a lot of league, our home leagues, we can still do pickups throughout the playoffs, but in the NFFC, this is it. Don't leave it yeah. on the table. Go get it. Go get those guys. All right, we have to uh, share another note from our friends at Picket. Picket is a social bet tracking app that takes out all the hassle of tracking your bets and performance over time. Picket connects to every major U.S. sportsbook, DraftKings, FanDuel, and others, and DFS pick'em provider like Prize Picks or Underdog or Thrive Fantasy and more. Once you hook up all of your sportsbooks, Picket does all the heavy lifting to slice and dice your betting data. You'll get detailed historical PL, graphs, breakdowns by team, sport, player, bet type, and more. You can also line shop for the best odds across your linked sports books to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. When your bets are live, you can track the scores and stats of the games if you bet on, as well as get player prop updates from most major player prop markets. No more switching between your sportsbook app and different score apps. By far the biggest differentiator is that Pickett syncs history and bets from all legal major sportsbooks. There is no manual entry required to track your bets. Once you have your accounts linked, it's effortless from there. The social feed and community is what turns Picket from just a bet tracking app to a home for betting where you can learn from others. See what others are doing and find verified content to inform your betting decisions. Visit Picket.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com to download the Picket app today. I'm here with Tom Kesnick uh, from the NFFC. We are talking about week 14, various issues surrounding that. Uh, Tom, I promised people uh, that you get a platform to rant. Let's talk about this Monday night game. Let's rip the Band-Aid off because, first of all, I lost my primetime game on the very last play of the game. I, you know, And that's, that happens all the time. But Rashad White wasn't even on the field before that timeout was called. It was Fournette. After the timeout, White comes on the field, catches the game-winning touchdown. I go from a three-point winner to a three-point or like a five-point loser instead because of that play. And, yeah, there's other things that could have happened. I could have started a better lineup. But still, you know, I, it was so vexing to get all the way to the end and then lose on the last play. I, 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 okay, I, I'm that whole game just frustrated. It, it was tilting. My biggest pet peeve, my biggest pet peeve in the NFL, and this is beyond fantasy. Now it impacts fantasy, but it's it's a it's a football thing mm-hmm. because it goes back to my days covering the NFL. I cannot stand when coaches don't use their best players properly. It drives me insane. And anybody who follows me on Twitter knows this because I tweet about it constantly because unfortunately it happens constantly. So we're watching the saints who should have won this game going away. Not only did they have a commanding lead late in the game, but they were, they were winning this game going away. Yeah. Right. But what do they do? They refuse to win the game. They don't use Elvin Kamara properly. 
They're throwing the ball to Mark. I don't know what they're doing throwing the ball to Mark Ingram more than Elvin Kamara. And injured I, Mark Ingram, by the way. In, but, yes, that's part two. But number one, there's no reason to be throwing the ball more to Mark Ingram than Elvin Kamara ever in a football Agreed. game. That should never happen. If that's happening in a football game, Dennis Allen needs to call timeout, walk over to Pete Carmichael and go, excuse me, Pete, what the hell are you doing? What is going on here? Why is this happening? Why is 41 on the sidelines, not in the game? What are you doing? I'm going to keep calling timeouts until you explain to me what is going on here. This is the best receiving running back in football, and you're throwing the ball to Mark Ingram. Stop doing that, or I'm going to fire you right here in Tampa. Now, yeah. Dennis Allen's an idiot, too, by the way, who should never have been allowed back on the plane to New Orleans. That's another issue. Now, part two of my problems with the New Orleans offense, and this has been going on all year. Troy Aikman, who many people have problems with, I personally don't not have as many problems with. At the start of the game, correctly calls Chris Olave, quote, a stud. That's an accurate description of Chris Olave. If you watch the football game from start to finish, every single route that Chris Olave ran against Tampa Bay, he was open. Every single route that he ran against Tampa Bay where he was targeted, he was open. Every single route, that's not a lie. Every route where he got a target, he was open. Yep. He only got six targets in the whole game. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous on a number of levels. It's really ridiculous when you consider the fact their receiving core is Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Rashid, uh, Rashid Shaheen. Shaheed, yeah. Marcus Callaway. I don't even know who the hell else they got at wide. Chris Olave not getting 10-plus targets a game in this offense is borderline insane. Yeah. Then, after the Mark Ingram play where he stepped out of bounds on third and uh, second down, and it's third and short, okay? And everybody wants to go crazy about that. And okay, but he was hurt. Never should have been on the field to begin with. Yeah. They call a third down passing play, which, by the way, was the correct call. Dennis Allen says, no, we should have ran it. No, you shouldn't. Tampa Bay's run defense is one of the best in the NFL. You're not getting – you're not running against them, you idiot. You're calling a pass play. That was the correct idea. The incorrect play was throwing it to Marquez. What are you, Marquez Callaway? Who what hadn't been on doing? the who hadn't been targeted all game, and then all of a sudden you wanted to make this contested catch. Yeah, it was crazy. You you throw the ball to the guy. The Buccaneers couldn't cover the whole game. You've got your wide receiver. They literally couldn't cover Chris Olave on every route he ran the whole game. Why wouldn't you th the most important play of the game to that point? Why wouldn't you throw the ball to the guy? Their defense could not cover the entire game. Yeah. I don't have an answer to that. And then you got the, the downfield pass to Taysom Hill that he dropped, right? Mm -hmm. Running next to him on that play all by himself 
with his hand up in the air, waving it like a madman because he was all by himself, was Chris Alave. There's no way Andy Dalton couldn't have seen him for two reasons. One, he was running almost next to Taysom Hill, so it's impossible. I saw him, and the camera was from Andy Dalton's point of view, so I saw him. Second of all, he's waving his hand in the air because he's so wide open. All Andy Dalton had to do was throw the ball to Alave. It's an 82-yard touchdown, game over. Brady probably doesn't go back onto the field because the game is over. So Kate Otten's not the number one tight end in fantasy football in week 13. Tom Brady doesn't throw that touchdown to Rasheed White at the end of the game. You don't lose your primetime matchup. And Chris Olave goes off. The Saints are back in the playoff race. Dennis Allen's not having to explain why the Saints choked away a game they should have won. And the Saints used their uh, best wide receiver properly and intelligently. Yeah. And I'm not sitting here ranting like an idiot for the last couple of minutes. <laughs> they could have also gone this for it on fourth and inches, too. This is the kind of stuff that drives me crazy. Yeah. They also could have I decided mean, to go for it on fourth down, too, by the way. Um, instead of punting it away like they did. I mean, there were, there was like this litany of errors. I mean, the Bucks weren't immune from it either. I mean, they ordered up a punt from the Saints 40-yard line on fourth and seven, and then a later punt in the fourth quarter, down 16-3. to three. I mean, it was unbelievable, some of this, the decision-making in this game. They got away with it because Brady is Brady, but you can't just say, oh, I knew Brady would lead us back. Come on, that was so improbable. It's happened three times ever in the history of the NFL, being down 13 points with four minutes left. It's not like you had this master plan. You got lucky. You got so you got lucky. You got lucky. If Taysom you, Hill holds onto that ball, it's all it's game over. You got lucky. You got lucky because the guy you're coaching against is dumber than you are. Yeah. And also, Dennis Allen's not using his timeouts at the end of the game there like he should have been. Right. To make sure back. he got he gets a chance to get the ball back with time on the clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you're right. Just a litany of errors. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely. You know, it's and it happens. So it happens every week in the NFL. It's just, there's so much bad coaching. Now I love the game. I know people like Andrew Brandt like to tweet out fans just bitch about the game, but they watch every week. That's because the NFL is a great game. We want it to be better. It shouldn't be so frustrating, but it's a great game. It's a great game when it's played well and coached well, it's magnificent. That's what we love. We just want it to be better. Exactly. Exactly. All right, one last uh, commercial note. Uh, first, though, our, our podcasts are always uh, brought to you on the Blue Wire Network. Here are some of their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Also, uh, football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action and that you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win, daily fancy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So, what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. I'm here with Tom Kasinick from the NFFC. It is the final week of the regular season. Final fab bids. Make sure you get those bids in tonight. Uh, let's talk about some of the tricky uh, matchups this week, some of the tricky uh, ranks. Um, what are you doing with DeAndre Swift this week, rank-wise? Like, is he top 20 finally? Can you can we count on him after uh, getting the most touches and most carries last week? Yeah, I, I think so. I, to me, this is this is a start everybody you can game. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a great game for fantasy. I don't think anybody's going to really disappoint. Um, you know, I think it's kind of the last week he used DJ Chark. I'm not sure Williams is going to be up to speed just yet, but I yeah, I, I feel good about Swift. I think he's kind of back in the mix there. So high upside RB two play for me. I agree. By the way, that game, it's the highest total of the week at 53. It's also a game where the Vikings opened as three-point favorites. They're now two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, I thought that was eye-opening. And I understand Detroit's playing well, but still. Yeah, I'm not sure how to read that one. I know the the Lions are playing well. They're they're doing a really good job against running backs lately. They've, They've you know, kind of shut running backs down or at least held them in check a little bit. You know, certainly you're, you're starting Delvin Cook. You start him every week. But, yeah, I, I kind of look at that one. I'm like, I I think the Lions can win. I probably would pick them to win. Um, I mean, golf plays really well at home. Um, and that Viking defense is so bad. But the Lions defense is so bad, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to come – I think it's going to be one of those games that just comes down to who's got the ball last. Yeah, you know, Dan Campbell was close to being like a fired candidate. And now, he, you know, people are talking about like coach of the year because they're talking wild card and all that. There's good vibes going on in Detroit right now. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, they're I talk. we talked about them. I remember Greg and I talked about them before the season started. I mean, they are loaded offensively. They are doing everything the right way. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying before the year, all they needed from golf was just competence. Yep. Right. If he was anything better than that, great. But they are loaded offensively. Now, Swift obviously has had a ton of injuries and all that. But they, I like their wide receiver core. I mean, St. Brown's obviously great. But I thought they had depth around him. Williams, you know, just needed to get healthy. But, you know, I didn't see them trading Hawkinson away. But they've yeah. got a lot of talent on off. That offensive line is really, really good. Their defense is terrible. But they're, I mean, for the future, they've got a ton of draft picks. I mean, they got a very bright future, so they got to get better defensively, which 
they should be able to do through the draft. Um, I think they're a team to watch. I mean, you know, what, what they get at, at quarterback, you know, draft a QB for the future, like golf, be the, you know, guy to just bide yeah. their time until they develop a guy for the future. But I think they're going to be a good team to be reckoned with for in the next several years. And the pick they got from the Rams is actually going to be higher than their own pick as yep. it turns out. So who knew? Uh, it's pretty wild there. Uh, what are the Bengals going to do uh, with Samaje P. Ryan? Uh, because when Mixon comes back, P. Ryan's played just as well, if not yep. better than Mixon. Yep. No, that's that's a great question. I mean, uh, actually, I think Greg and I are going to talk about that on our series show tonight. Um, that's a great question. I mean, he's played, let's be honest, he might he might have played better than Mixon the, the last three games. Um, he's been fantastic. Mm -hmm. They can't take him out of the lineup. I mean, I'm not saying he starts ahead of Mixon, but we could be looking at a committee in some fashion. They just can't take him away. He's been that good. Um, now, Mixon's really good. So, Mixon did nothing to lose the job. But it's got to be some form of, of a committee. I mean, yep. maybe 60-40 split of some kind. I mean, P. Ryan has done enough to have a role. That's for I sure. agree. And this is coming from someone – as a Bengals fan that I was very skeptical about P Ryan. I was gnashing my teeth about him being on the field in critical situations in the Super Bowl last year. Me too. Uh, he breaks tackles better than Mixon does, at least according to my eyes. I think Mixon is, does a better job of evading him. P Ryan seems to be like making more after contact. That might just be my eyes fooling me. Maybe because the Bengals are playing well right now and they're blocking better now too. I think that offensive line's gotten better. I think that's one of the hidden stories about the Bengals season is they've gotten better as the line's gotten better. I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. I, I hope you're right. Um, I think they are. Yeah. Um, they certainly have the Chiefs. Because I, right I don't now. think you're, I don't think Josh Allen's playing that well. I think I mean, the elbow's still I, I a problem. Yep. I mean, he's he's he, there's nothing wrong with him and Stephon Diggs. They are on the same page. But he's not on the same page with anybody else. I mean, watch his throws. The Thursday night throws to Gabe Davis were terrible, other than the touchdown. Yeah. He missed Gabe Davis on nearly every other throw. Bad throws. I mean, we can rip on Gabe Davis. You know, we can do another podcast just about what a disappointment Gabe Davis has been. But he threw bad balls to Gabe Davis. He threw bad balls to Knox. He He's not right. Yeah. And their defense has been – a disappointment now they've got problems there i mean miller obviously but their defense hasn't been quite as good now it was better but the patriots we know the patriots got issues i don't think josh allen is right and then the bengals just beat the chiefs who i thought were the best team in the afc yeah. i think the bengals are the best team in the afc right now and, and chase looks chase just walked right back on the field and looked like jamar chase again that was fun that was a lot yeah. of fun Oh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one without a doubt. Um, I mean, at, at the same time, I mean, it, it, I, I'm thrilled with the, I, I'm thrilled with where the Bengals are right now. I mean, that, that's, that was an awesome win. And it's still a three point win over the chiefs and the chiefs had a fourth quarter lead. So I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't panic if you're a chiefs fan. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm very happy. It's, I'm in a good place right now. That's that's the season's the not over least. yet. I understand yeah. that. I'm just saying, as of right now, I think the Bengals are the best team in the AFC. Yeah, Bengals still have to play the Bills, too. By the way, also that's still yeah. coming up in Week 17. Uh, so I mean, that schedule is just ridiculous. Uh, but like the Bengals say, they have to play us. 
Uh, so, you know, that goes about Gabe Davis. Okay. So the upside's so high, yeah. but the floor is pretty low. He's a tough guy to start, tough guy to rank. I've got him down at 29 this week because I hate the matchup against the Jets. Um, well, there's 16. Yeah. But I mean, listen to the people below him. I mean, it gets pretty ugly pretty quick. Like Nico Collins and Zay Jones. Are you starting those guys over Gabe Davis? Yeah, Collins. Not after what we saw happen to Michael Pittman last week. Now, yeah. I don't think as as bad as the Texans are, I don't think they're just going to take Collins out of their offense. Like the, I don't know. Again, I don't know what the Colts were doing with Pittman last Sunday. Night. I'm yeah. watching that game too. I mean, that's just that's inexcusable. So I do think that the Texans will try to throw to Collins, but Diggs is just going to take him out. Yeah. So no, I would start Davis over Collins, but I mean the Jets are going to put Gardner on Davis and he took Davis out in week nine. You don't, they're not going to put him on Diggs. No, they didn't because he doesn't, he doesn't travel and Diggs went right into the slot that whole game in week nine and caught five balls for 90 yards and Gardner does not go into the slot. Okay. So I, I might move Davis. Davis You're right. I've got Davis in my two biggest leagues, not starting them now. If the Jets are smart, they'll put Gardner, they'll travel Gardner on digs, but I don't think they're going to do it because yeah. they beat the they beat the Bills doing this. They were willing to let Diggs do his thing, and they beat him. But and they didn't travel Diggs on Jefferson last week. No, that's true. That's true. They didn't. So, or did I say Diggs on Jefferson? Gardner I knew what you Diggs. meant. Uh, Gardner on uh, yeah. Jefferson. Um, yeah. And Jefferson didn't have a massive game. He had the touchdown. Oh, he uh, he, and Cousins was pretty, like, let's face it, Cousins was pretty terrible in that game, too. Some of that's the pressure that they put on him. Some of that's also, he was just missing throws. Uh, but, yeah, he's a, he's a tough rank this week. Uh, Zay Jones, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Boyd, Juju, these are your, your pivots, you know, if, if you're going to. I'd go, I mean, I would go Zay Jones over Davis. I mean, Jones was bad last week, but he dropped three balls. He doesn't yeah. drop those balls. He's probably double-digit points last week. Yeah. Um, and Juju, a good matchup at Tennessee, by the way. Wide receivers and do it's a great well matchup. Yeah, it's a great matchup. Uh, Juju, Juju's just been more consistent. Not really a, a ceiling guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Boyd, I I mean, Boyd should have had a great game last what week. What a draw. Crying out loud, oh he catches gosh. that damn touchdown. Oh, I know that games were lost on that, on the basis of that. Yeah. So that's, that's I mean, rough that, too. Ah. And he's got a great matchup too. Indeed. So, Indeed. Yeah, so I, I just don't like the matchup at all for Davis this week. I don't either. Uh, so now, that, after ahead. the, after this week for Davis, if you're, if you're good to go after this week for Davis, three in a row. Yeah. Slam dunk matchups for Gabe Davis. Now, he may not come through, but they're all A-plus matchups for the next three weeks. We talked about Minnesota-Detroit being a great game. How about Miami and the Chargers as a great offensive yep. game as well? Uh, I have Jeff Wilson on my primetime team. He killed me last week, but he's been a godsend otherwise. I think he gets, it, I get, I think he gets his mojo back against the Chargers this week. I do too, but... Mostert led the way in the backfield last week. So now all of a sudden you got to worry about what they're doing there. So, and it's a great matchup for both of them. So how do they handle? I mean, I like both of those guys, so I'm not sure how they handle that backfield, but I do. 
if you got Wilson, and again, with six teams on by, you're probably not hesitant to start him because the matchup's so good. But if you got Mostert, you're probably looking at Mostert at least as a flex, at yeah. least as an option because the matchup's so good. So yeah. they're both in play. They're both at least RB3s this week So because yeah. everybody runs on the charter. Yeah, agreed. And that's why I think it's a mistake to overreact to the bad week last week and bench Wilson this week. I think you need to start him. Definitely. Well, against that defense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the, the Niners are the toughest team against the run. Uh, I think you just right. chalk it up to that. They were in the ball eight times, eight uh, against yeah. the Niners. And part of that's because they're behind. Which, which was the right idea. Yep. I mean, you you got to understand who you're playing. I mean, you don't just not run it, but you you understand you run it a few times, but you got to beat them throwing the football. I mean, you should understand who you're trying to play and win the game that way. I mean, it's like when the Packers played the Titans and they tried to beat them running the football. It's like, what are you guys doing? It's exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, they're trying, they're still trying to find their offensive identity and uh, that that's the, it's a little late for that, but still that's yeah. what's happening a little bit there. Uh, any other uh, matchup that catches your eye this week? Anyone that you're excited about? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I want to see, I mean, the Jaguars interest me. That Titans-Jaguars game does interest me. Obviously, we want to see Trevor Lawrence uh, play and bounce back. Uh, I think the San Francisco-Tampa Bay game is certainly interesting. Yeah. Brock Purdy, what what's he going to do? And how is that San Francisco offense going to look with him? Um, because we finally saw Christian McCaffrey look like Christian McCaffrey and be a bell cow. Now, uh, they did, you know, use Mason. Um, in that role, in the backup role, he wasn't phased out, but it was McCaffrey as a bell cow. Yep. And so he was an elite RB1 again for the first time in over a month. So is he going to maintain that bell cow role? I think he will with Brock Purdy. And again, like I said earlier, I think the offense is going to be tailor-made for him and Debo going forward. I think Ayuk is going to be okay, but he's more of a wide receiver three play now uh, without Garoppolo. But I think that game is going to be very interesting because, again, Tampa Bay's got to keep winning. They do. Uh, and it's not going to be easy against that that defense. So that game interests me quite a bit. I'm really looking forward to that one um, quite a bit. And, again, we talked a little bit about it. You know, the Sunday night game is very interesting. I am – the Monday night game on the surface doesn't look like a great game. But right. I think from a fantasy perspective, there is a lot to look at there, you know, Ramondre Stevenson kind of hurt us, you know, as a, a, a potential elite one, elite RB one, but I don't think Damien Harris plays this week again. So he's got a bounce back potential there against the Cardinals. And what do we see from Kylo Murray against his Patriot defense? So I'm looking forward to that one to close out week 14. All right. Very good. We'll close out with a question from jelly of the month. He goes, notice Lazard was dropped in his league because uh, they have the buy this week. His current uh, wide receiver four or five is Jacoby Myers. Should I drop Myers for Lazard? Thinks that Green Bay has a decent playoff schedule. Three wide receivers, uh, PPR with a flex. I mean, I like I like Lazard over Myers the rest of the way. Uh, I, I I don't have a whole lot of trust in Mac Jones, so I, I I think I would go ahead and do that. If Myers was healthy, I wouldn't. I mean, Myers is such an underrated PPR guy. Mm -hmm. but he's dealing with that shoulder didn't practice yesterday 
If Myers, I tell you what, if Myers can play this week, he's looking fantastic. If he's not, you know who I do like this week, Jeff, is Devontae Parker. I think he's a sneaky wide receiver play this week if Myers is out. That um, Arizona secondary is pretty bad. You're right. It's pretty bad, and they are a pass funnel uh, defense for sure. So, I mean, I, I'm a big Jacoby Myers guy. I don't think he's a great player, but I do think he's an underrated guy. So, I mean, I'm not – I just don't like Allen. I've never liked Allen Lazard much, and Watson's just ascending. Um, okay. I mean – Myers being hurt kind of makes me go, nah, all right, if you want to. I'm not, I guess. I, I'm not over, it's not an overwhelming yes for me. Okay. So we have one yes vote, one no vote, basically, there. So sorry, yeah. Jelly. Yeah, uh, you're on your own, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the deciding vote. Um, so uh, you can go that way. Hey, Tom, awesome stuff today. Really appreciate you uh, coming on board with us uh, and talking a little bit about NFFC. Big week here. And uh, look forward to listening to you and Greg on Wednesday nights. My pleasure. Thanks again, Jeff. You bet. Tom Kastanik, everybody. You can hear him on the High Stakes Fantasy Advantage Wednesday nights on Sirius XM Fantasy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We got uh, John and Mario tomorrow. And catch us, as always, on Sirius XM Fantasy, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for listening. Take care. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.